0: Well, good morning. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Today we are celebrating the story of the resurrection, and it's an amazing story. Uh, it's a story that I've been excited about all uh, week and, and, and this weekend as I've been preparing and thinking about this this particular day. It's it's an exciting opportunity for us to gather and worship. And let me say that this is something that we, every week, look forward to, uh, especially this week. But every week we look forward to to spending time together in worship, to spending time together celebrating the story of Christ and and the freedom and the victory that we find in that. And especially today, as we remember the resurrection of Jesus and that the tomb is empty, uh, it is a, a fantastic opportunity for us to worship together, for us to spend time encouraging one another, and I'm so glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, we want to say a special welcome to you as well. Uh, today we are going to be talking about the, the, the resurrection story, the story of Jesus uh, coming back from the grave and defeating the powers of sin and death, and uh, I can think of no better way to do that than to think back to the beginning of the story of Christ, because this is not just a story that, that comes out of nowhere. Uh, But this is a story that has been building uh, even before Christ from the time uh, when we hear about the the Israelite people and the time that they spent uh, as as a nation and even before that as as a family, uh, the family of Abraham. But at the beginning of the story of Jesus, we hear some amazing things. We hear an amazing fact uh, that that God loves us because uh, right at the beginning of the story, uh, the story begins with Jesus coming and becoming a human being. We believe that God is both fully God and fully person. And what an amazing story! What an amazing aspect to this, because uh, this is a, this is a God who came to live among us, who came to be with us, who came and be became human. Who gave up everything to be like us? You know, as you think about the story of Jesus and and Jesus' birth, and uh, a couple decades later, as he begins his ministry, it's an amazing story because Jesus, uh, his father, his earthly father, Joseph, was a carpenter. And Joseph uh, uh, trained his son Jesus to become a carpenter. And so Jesus knew how to work with his hands, knew how to craft things. Uh, But Jesus, uh, as he nears age 30, begins a ministry. Uh, Jesus was not trained to be a teacher. He was not trained uh, to to become a leader this way. He was trained to be a carpenter. But it's an amazing aspect of of how this God gave up everything, uh, came to be among us, And then begins to teach us, begins to live among us, begins to serve and to to teach those who who really... Uh, don't have any background uh, in this. It's an amazing story. Uh, And then, you know, you fast forward uh, from that event, from when Jesus begins his ministry, and Jesus uh, is not only teaching, but he's teaching with authority. Uh, Just a couple weeks ago, we finished a series on the Sermon on the Mount, and the Sermon on the Mount ends with the people being amazed. Uh, They're they're amazed because Jesus is teaching with authority, uh, not just as one of the teachers, but as a specific kind of teacher, as the teacher who will teach them how to live a good life. How to, how to follow God well. And so Jesus teaches the people. Uh, he goes from, from being God to becoming human, uh, to growing up, to, to beginning a ministry, and to teaching. And not only that, but Jesus is drawing crowds of people to him. Hundreds, uh, even thousands of people are coming to listen to the teachings of Jesus, are coming to, to meet this rabbi, are coming to, to meet this person, uh, to, to encounter him and to, to see him. It's an amazing story. But it gets even better because the story doesn't end there. Jesus even will heal people. Uh, What an amazing thing. Jesus heals people of diseases, uh, people who have never seen before, who have never walked, people who have been dealing with with illness and disease for, for decades come to Jesus and they find healing through him. Jesus even stops storms. He walks on water. He helps his disciples to catch fish. and Yeah, he even turned water into grape juice at a wedding once. It's an amazing story. And today is such a great day for us, Easter Sunday, because today is a day that we claim that this story does not end in despair, but that this story continues on with hope because Jesus emerged from the grave and the tomb is empty. See, this is a story that might sound unbelievable to you, but it's a story that we desperately need because there are so many stories out there. You know, I think back to, to the stories that I've heard throughout my life, the stories from my childhood, and I, I think about stories uh, like the one uh, of Tom Sawyer. How many people here have heard uh, or read the, the story of Tom Sawyer? Uh, the, the story of Tom Sawyer is a story of coming of age, where this young man uh, journeys towards maturity, although I'm not sure that we can really claim that Tom Sawyer every, ever really got there. Uh, but it's a story about, about a young person growing up and learning how to, how to live in the world, learning, learning their place. Uh, it's a story that, that we tell often in many different ways. And there's more, even more stories out there, stories of good versus evil, where the heroes have to fight injustice and they have to fight off evil so that, that good can win the day, so that good will be victorious. In fact, there's there's a set of movies that have been coming out over the past couple of years called The Avengers. Uh, and I'm a big uh, superhero movie fan. And so uh, just at the end of this next month, this month of April, uh, the next Avengers movie is coming out. And and the, the good, uh, the heroes, must fight against the forces of evil to save the day. They have to to come together in a way that they never have before so that they can win the day, so that good will prevail over evil. We also tell stories uh, of great romance, where the girl gets the guy, or or the guy gets the girl. Uh, Think of stories like uh, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Uh, uh, This story is these two families who hate each other. Uh, They they want nothing to do with each other, uh, but their kids, Romeo and Juliet, fall in love together. And that story ends with a tragedy, uh, but it's the story of the guy and the girl coming together in their love for one another. We also tell stories uh, uh, like The Bachelor. Uh, That's another love story. Uh, That one might not be as good as Romeo and Juliet, but it is another story we tell. Uh, We tell stories about journey and adventure. Uh, uh, Right alongside these Avengers movies that are coming out, there's Star Wars movies. Uh, Star Wars is getting a resurgence, and stories of journey and adventure and of new ways of life and of uh, even new uh, alien races, right? Uh, How crazy is that? We tell all kinds of stories. Uh, Some of them are good but not all of them are as good as the ones that I've just mentioned. We also tell stories of hatred and injustice. Uh, You turn on the news today, and you can't hardly help but see uh, of what somebody has done to someone else or what some group has done to someone else that has destroyed relationship, taken life, that has stolen things from one another. We tell stories uh, of people promoting themselves rather than promoting one another. We tell stories of great violence, All over our world, there are stories like this. And today, what I want to submit to you is that the story of the resurrection of Jesus is the foundational story for all of us. If you're in this room, I'm going to make an assumption. I'm going to assume that you at least are interested in knowing about this Jesus, that you're at least interested in knowing who he is, and perhaps you're even willing to say that Jesus is Lord. I'm going to make that assumption, and I hope that that doesn't offend you if you're here this morning and you're not sure yet. But what we gather together every week and do on Sunday morning is we gather together and we claim that this is the story, that this is foundational. That all these other stories that we tell, stories of romance and of good versus evil and a journey and adventure, coming of age, all of these stories are built upon this foundational story. Because in the story of the resurrection, we actually see a God who loved us enough that he would come and sacrifice for us. A God who who cared enough for us that he would conquer the powers of sin and death so that we could have life. We see in this story that we have an opportunity to to grow up in our faith, to, to become one with God, and to learn who this God is. We believe that this story, the resurrection story, is the foundational story for all that we do, for all that we say that we believe, that the resurrection is at the heart of it all. As I was getting ready for today, uh, I, I found it a little ironic, and perhaps you do too, that today uh, happens to be uh, April Fool's Day as well, uh, a day that we celebrate in our culture, or maybe you don't celebrate, maybe you wish that we didn't celebrate this day. Uh, but it is a day where we prank one another or we, or we you know, do these kind of tricks and things to, to mess with one another. Hopefully, it's, it's done in a loving way and to people that we care about and that they know that at the end of it. Uh, but I found it ironic uh, that today, Easter Sunday this year, happens to fall on April Fool's Day. And to me, that's just another example of a particular story that we tell. And yet we know that the Easter story, it's no prank. Uh, We we know that the Easter story is not done out of spite. It's this wonderful, amazing story that brings us together. People who, who maybe have no reason to come together at all. But the resurrection story, the Easter story, brings us here to worship together today. Just a few moments ago, we read a passage from John chapter 15 in that video, a passage where Jesus says that the greatest thing that you could do for one another is to lay down your life for your friends, to sacrifice. Jesus tells his disciples that very passage just days before he goes to his own death, just days before. And he says, there's nothing greater that you can do to show love for one another than to die for them. And then Jesus goes and shows them what it means to do that. I want us to pick up the story in John chapter 20 today. If you've got a Bible, feel free to turn over with me. The words should be on the screen behind me as well. We're going to read together uh, John chapter 20, uh, starting in verse 11, because uh, not only does Jesus uh, tell his disciples this, and not only does he show it to them, uh, but there's an amazing result that takes place at the end uh, of this story. So John chapter 20, starting in verse 11. Mary stood outside near the tomb, crying. As she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And the angels asked her, woman, why are you crying? She replied, they have taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. As soon as she had said this, she turned around and she saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she replied, "'Sir, if you've carried him away, "'please tell me where you've put him, and I will get him.' Jesus said to her, "'Mary.' She turned and said to him in Aramaic, "Rabuni," which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, "'Don't hold on to me, "'for I haven't yet gone up to my father. "'Go to my brothers and sisters and tell them "'I'm going up to my father and your father, "'to my God and your God.' So Mary Magdalene left, and she announced to the disciples "'that I have seen the Lord.' Then she told them what he said to her. You see, Mary learns what Jesus has just explained to them in chapter 15. Mary sees it firsthand. That Jesus says, the greatest thing you can do for your friends is to lay down your life for them. And then Mary witnesses Jesus lay down his life, but not only lay it down, but take it back up again. That Jesus is resurrected, and what it does for Mary is it totally changes everything. Notice at the beginning of the story, Mary shows up at the tomb crying. She's mourning, she's weeping, because she's lost Jesus This person that she followed, this person that she cared about, she's been following him throughout his ministry, and now it seems that he's gone. She comes to the tomb weeping and mourning, and she leaves announcing the good news, announcing to Jesus' closest disciples that Jesus is not dead, the tomb is empty. Pay close attention to that word, announce. Announce. Because what Mary does uh, here is what has just been done for her. When she looks into the tomb, she sees these two angels from God, these two messengers. And they begin to say to her, Mary, who are you looking for? Because Jesus isn't there anymore. They're beginning to announce to her this story, that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is resurrected, that he is risen. And so Mary turns around. And what has been done for her, what the angels have helped start her on, she goes and she does for the rest of the disciples. An amazing witness for us today. That though we haven't seen the empty tomb, the task has been passed on to us as well. To announce this story. To announce to others that the tomb is empty. That death no longer has power. Because of Christ. Because of Jesus. It's an amazing opportunity that Mary has here. I, uh, I almost picture, in fact, during this part of the story. Uh, because Mary uh, shows up at the tomb uh, weeping and she's going to leave announcing the good news. I almost picture that Jesus, uh, during this part of the story, has just this big smile on his face. Can you see that? Uh, As Mary is talking with Jesus, she doesn't quite recognize him yet. Uh, She hasn't quite looked up enough to to notice that this is Jesus. Uh, She's kind of uh, diverting her gaze, looking someplace else. And I can almost imagine that Jesus, as he's talking to her, has this big smile on his face, because he knows that as soon as she looks up and recognizes that it's him, that her life is going to change that what the angels have begun announcing to her, that she is now going to be able to go and announce that for others. That when Jesus has risen and when she witnesses who it is that's talking to her, when she sees that, that her life will totally change. That she will go from weeping and mourning into this great joy. That she will be able to go and announce to the disciples, the story is not over. It's only just begun. Today, I'd like, uh, as we kind of uh, prepare ourselves for communion, and as we prepare ourselves uh, perhaps to participate in announcing this good news, uh, not only here today, but, but in our lives, I'd like to offer up to us a couple of different opportunities, a couple of different ways that we can join this resurrected life. Because this story is about Jesus being resurrected. But the Christian story, the story that we are still telling today, is that each of us have an opportunity to live a resurrected life, even here and now, while we anticipate the coming. Of Jesus again. So I'd like to offer you a couple of ideas, a couple of ways that we can participate in resurrected life this morning, and I hope that they're an encouragement to you. The first, uh, this is one that actually uh, in Churches of Christ we excel at uh, this one, and so uh, you will hear this and you'll think, this is right in my wheelhouse. Uh, but the resurrection calls us to prepare. The resurrection asks us to prepare our hearts and our minds because we know that what has come about is unlike anything else that has happened— The the resurrection is unlike anything we've ever experienced before, and there's no way that we can possibly explain it in a way that makes sense. We can't use science to explain how somebody days after the fact comes back to life. We have to prepare our hearts and minds to receive this message. See, in Churches of Christ, we are great at this, uh, because this room, uh, I hope you know this already, that the room, uh, this direction, is filled with more scholars than the room is this direction. Uh, uh, You guys have done a fantastic job. Uh, Our tribe has done a fantastic job at preparing, especially our minds and our hearts, to understand this story, to be a part of this story. Uh, This is something that we excel at, but this is not all that resurrection is, because resurrection also calls us to practice calls us to practice our faith, to to not only say that we believe things, to not only prepare ourselves, but also to go and do things, to become the kinds of people who are like Jesus, to to do what Jesus did, to to seek out the people that Jesus sought out. And so we have to practice our faith. We go and we share with one another the compassion that we have learned, the joy that we have. And speaking of joy, uh, we get to play uh, as part of this resurrected life. Uh, And That's just to make it a P word. Uh, It means to have joy. We get to have joy. Uh, We get to uh, prepare, we get to practice, and we get to play. Uh, We get to share with one another, share with the world around us uh, the joy that this brings. Because just like Mary at the tomb, uh, when she comes, she comes weeping. And when she leaves, she's announcing. uh, She's sharing this joy, this great uh, news that has come to her, that Jesus is no longer dead. And we have the opportunity to share in this joy to share that we are no longer dead, that we are no longer uh, under the power of sin and death. But because of Christ, we now have joy and hope. And then finally, we get to invite others to participate. Uh, We get to invite others to participate in this resurrected life. Uh, Because it's not just that I'm resurrected or that you're resurrected, it's that what Jesus is doing at this moment, what he's doing at Easter uh, when the tomb is empty, is that he is announcing to the world that things will no longer be the way that they have been throughout history, that the power that sin and death have doesn't hold power over you anymore. Jesus invites us to live into this kind of life, to participate in resurrection, and now we have the opportunity, like Mary, to go and announce and invite others to come and participate as well. To be resurrected means to change completely, to go from death to life, and Jesus offers each and every one of us resurrected life together today this morning church i hope that what we do today i hope that what we do every day is to perform resurrection in our own lives and in the lives of people around us because our world tells a lot of different stories some of them are good and some of them are bad some of them are stories of adventure and love and others are stories of hatred and violence but this is the story that's at the heart of it all the story of god become human, of God sacrificing everything for each of us, and then of God turning around and offering us hope and life, even in the midst of our mourning. The resurrection story is a good story. It's the story at the heart of all the others. May we live this cruciformed life. May we live sacrificing for those around us. May we live in the love and joy of Christ. Uh, Here in just a few moments, our elders are going to gather around the room, and we do this every week. We want to invite you to come and pray with them, Uh, spend a few moments uh, praying with them, whether it's a a need that you have or whether you just want to express your gratitude and joy to God. Uh, We invite you to come and pray with them. Today, if you would like to join this story, if you'd like to be a part of this fellowship of, of following Christ, I invite you to come and spend a few minutes talking with me as we stand and as we worship together this morning.